Welcome to the EQFit Podcast. Our mission is to equip people to prosper in every aspect of their life. Whether you're at home or in the workplace, we explore practical ways of improving success, satisfaction, finding balance, and building enjoyable and beneficial relationships. Thank you for joining us. You may have noticed that we're doing an extended series of episodes on various kinds of assessments and why that's important is in today's world, clarity, insight, and direction are three things that are very hard to find. And assessments are a way, when used correctly, to gain clarity, gain insight, and then provide a direction, the best path forward. And that's why I'm spending time talking about different types of assessments. And the title for today is, What Kind of Smart Are You? I know that's a strange question, but having utilized psychological assessments in the business world for more than 35 years, I get a lot of questions about intelligence. Is intelligence, IQ, really important? Is IQ all there is? Uh, Should we only hire people that have higher IQ? And the questions go on and on. And the answers to those questions are really more about understanding What is intelligence? Because if intelligence is the only thing that we need to worry about, then it's going to be really easy to measure that and make decisions about that. But bottom line, it's not. There's just so much confusion about what intelligence is, how it plays into our lives and work. And I want to try and bring some clarity, I hope, to what intelligence is. It's actually many different things. There are different types of intelligence. So we talked about IQ, which is rational intelligence. EQ is emotional intelligence. AQ is acquired intelligence. And CQ is conversational intelligence. And those are just four. I'm sure you can find more out there. And different people have different ideas of what an intelligence is. These are a few of the primary ones that I work with and work with people and organizations. But it's funny, if you would look up on Google or or do your research around intelligence, it is probably one of the most highly discussed topics in psychology. But there's no one agreed to definition. It will be very different for different people. So let's start with IQ. That's what most people think of when they think about intelligence. In the past, IQ was considered the most predictive of success. If you had a high IQ, you were going to be successful. As logical as that sounds, it never really worked out that way. Yes, many people with high IQ did achieve success at high levels, but 
others with the same or even greater IQ measures were not successful at all. Then other people with lower IQ actually became wildly successful. So it isn't just IQ that is a predictor of success, although IQ is an important part for each of us. It is our rational intelligence. You know, I remember a story that I read, this has been a few years ago, about a tech CEO. And he said that their company only hired Ivy League MBAs with high IQ. And in that story, he went on to say, after a few years, they realized something. They realized that they had hired a bunch of highly intelligent jerks. I thought that was a great story and a wonderful lesson. I just wonder how much that experiment cost them, because you know there was a cost to that. We know from research that EQ, emotional intelligence, today we know it's two to four times more predictive of success than IQ. Now, I do not currently use any kind of IQ measures, but I do use cognitive measures, measures of cognitive aptitude. So what are those and why are they important? So what is a cognitive measure? It is a measure of specific cognitive aptitude. That's really helpful, isn't it? <laughs> it almost like I defined it with, with the original terminology. Let me define it better than that. Cognitive aptitude measures are how fast and accurately someone uses a specific mental skill set. What do I mean by that? Well, let me read you a list of different cognitive aptitudes or Think of it as different cognitive skills. Abstract reasoning. So what is abstract reasoning? It's the ability to think outside the box, to, to bring the abstract into your thinking processes so that you may be able to innovate and be creative and not just convergent thinking, but divergent thinking. Numerical reasoning is another cognitive aptitude. Now, that one's pretty easy to understand. It is how well do you do with numbers? Can you do math in your head? Can you process percentages and numbers quickly? I know I learned a long time ago as a beginning salesperson to be able to calculate my commissions pretty fast. <laughs> I, I knew exactly what I'd earn on a given sale uh, because I knew what my percentage rate was, and I got really, really good at figuring that number really fast. Now, that wasn't probably enhancing all of my numerical aptitude uh, or numerical reasoning, but but it did help. And you may or may not have been in a position where you're dealing with other people and they're dealing with numbers, and somebody's going really fast and others aren't going so fast. That's the difference in what I'm talking about in how high the cognitive measure is for numerical reasoning. 
Then there's comprehension. How well do you comprehend something you read? Can you comprehend it and understand what it's saying and then be able to apply that information in an appropriate way? Then there's spatial ability. The ability to pack the trunk of the car or the back end of the SUV. You know, everything fits kind of a Tetris game, right? Everything fits in the right place. Everything works well together and, and all of that. Um, but it also, it's great for certain types of engineers and, and other people where spatial ability, being able to understand what's going to work in what space, just that knowledge, that capability to think that way can be very beneficial. So the next one is language uses. Well, It could be English, it could be Spanish, it could be any language, but how well does someone use their native language? Do they use it effectively? This isn't as much about communication skills as it is about the use of the language itself. Is it appropriate? Is it descriptive? Does it provide the communication impact that you want to have. Another cognitive skill is retention. How well do you retain information and remember things? That's important as well, especially if you think about certain types of roles where you're creating things or innovating, you're in a chemistry lab, you're working with different things. How well do you retain processes and procedures? I mean, this could be any role in any organization that could be impacted by retention. The next one is verbal dexterity. How well do you use words in verbal dexterity context? How well can you communicate using words appropriately? Kind of sounds a little bit like language uses, but this is more about the ability to apply that language understanding in very effective ways. And then there's verbal reasoning. Can you take things that you hear or things that you read and understand that and use it and be able to communicate that to other people? And the last one I'll talk about is logical reasoning. That one makes a lot of sense too, right? How well do you logically reason through things? And underneath all of this, our brain is working to use these skills for outcomes. So what are some of the outcomes we could talk about? What about problem solving, strategic thinking, planning? What about the ability to communicate well with other people? Basically, if you think about all of the soft skills that are out there, the interpersonal communication skills, uh, professionalism, the ability, all of the thinking skills, the ability to think well strategically or even apply consequential thinking, running what-if scenarios, trying to figure out which is the best option to go with, all of these come out of these base cognitive skills that we're talking about with one caveat. 
other intelligences play in here as well. And we'll get to that in a few minutes. Have you ever found yourself talking with someone about a specific situation and they seem to be processing at a different speed than you are? They probably are. As an example, I go back to using numerical calculations. And if you're working with a group of people or even one other individual, using numerical calculations and and numerical reasoning, using numbers and reasoning, um, you can tell if someone is faster or slower than you are in actually working through that numerical reasoning. You may find you become frustrated at times if others are not moving as fast as you are. But I think if we can understand that it may be taking them longer because they don't have the same level of cognitive aptitude in that area that you do. That is what I call an aptitude gap. They're just moving at a different speed. Two or more people working through the same issue with different levels of aptitude. That's what I call the aptitude gap. It's not good or bad. It's not right or wrong. It just is what it is. If we can start to understand that different people are going to be able to do things in different ways, they're going to be faster and better at some things than we are, and we're going to be faster and better at some things than they are. But if we can understand where that's coming from, take the judgment out and put curiosity in its place and move forward from there. That's when we can be more effective and more successful, really, in every part of our lives. Why is all of this important? Why are we focusing on cognitive aptitudes and measuring those? Well, let me give you some reasons. First, personal development and growth. I believe there is huge value in understanding your own capabilities. It is a level of self-awareness that goes beyond just what you think. It's actual measures that help you understand where you are in different areas. And I think those measures are very helpful. It removes doubt and uncertainty and provides insight and direction to grow in ways that you want to grow. And you get to choose that, right? That's where cognitive assessments can help. You can measure your cognitive skills and decide what's going to help you the most. I have found many people who actually have high measures of a specific cognitive skill, but that don't do it very well because they've created a story about why they're not good at it. This is simply self-limiting behavior. It is choosing not to be good at something, not because your capacity is not good, but because you have created a story or a rule that you live by that is self-limiting. It's certainly not an aptitude problem. Then there's professional development and growth. There may be aspects to your job or maybe a job 
that you would like to have in the future that will need certain levels of cognitive skills in very specific areas. Knowing where you are today will help you decide and prepare for that role in the future. Leadership is one of the most common upward movements most people can make in their professional lives. So if you understand where you are today, then you can do something about that. It doesn't really matter what the industry is either, by the way. Leadership requires some very specific abilities to be successful. Now, there's a side note here. The side note is EQ, or emotional intelligence, is the best indicator of leadership success, but cognitive skills are also very important. The next thing I would talk about is hiring. If you're going to hire people, you want to know that these are the right fit candidates. And for certain roles, it's crucial to measure cognitive aptitude so that you make sure you get the right fit candidate. And that very much can include cognitive skills. One thought about hiring, just for a minute, we never make a hiring decision or any employment decision based on one assessment or even one kind of assessment. You have interviews, you have resumes, you have background checks, you have many different steps in the hiring process. When this topic comes up about hiring, and I've got a five video series on right fit hiring on our YouTube channel at EQFit, I always talk about the right way to do things. If we're going to treat people with respect, we treat them equally, but we also don't make important employment decisions based only on one element. I mean, think about it that way. Do you make important decisions in your life with only one thing in mind? Usually not. So let's move on. What's after hiring? Team building. Building high-functioning teams is a hallmark of successful organizations. Gaining insight on the cognitive capabilities of team members allows for individual growth, team growth, and accelerated success by leveraging complementary strengths within the team. So if you can get a makeup of the cognitive skills of individuals in a team, then you'll have a better understanding of what complementary skills each individual brings to the team. And then if there's something missing, you can go find the right person to fill that important spot. And the last one I'll talk about here is leadership development. This is all about why these cognitive measures are important. Cognitive capabilities for leaders is critically important for their success, but it must be combined with emotional intelligence, acquired intelligence, and conversational intelligence, along with IQ, the rational intelligence. So 
let's get back to the question, what kind of smart are you? This is a question I would like to provide some context around. It is very easy to fall into a judgmental mindset when we compare measures of any kind with other people. Whether it's bank accounts or cognitive measures, neither one is truly a measure of success. I promote curiosity instead of judgment. And that means for you too. Sometimes we judge ourselves more harshly than we judge other people. And, oh, I, I got a lower cognitive measure in this area than Sally did or Joe did or whatever. That's not good. And frankly, it doesn't mean a lot. And let me explain what I mean by that. If we can approach things from a point of curiosity, not judgment, it frees us up to accomplish a whole lot more. We reduce the amount of self-limiting behavior that we put in place. Now, I want to talk about being smart. When I ask that question, what kind of smart are you? Being smart is really a combination of many different factors. Number one, how well you use your cognitive skills. Think about it this way. High measures do not necessarily result in better application of those skills. So I would rather have someone apply their skills well with a lower cognitive measure than someone who has a high cognitive measure that can't apply it or doesn't apply it or chooses not to. That's number one. Number two, how much you integrate the different intelligences IQ, EQ, AQ, CQ, that is rational intelligence, emotional intelligence, acquired intelligence, and conversational intelligence, into a whole brain approach, that's critical. That's part of what kind of smart are you. And the last one, and this may sound odd to you, but the last one is wisdom. Wisdom is the effective application of skills, intelligences, and experiences to get the best outcomes. So when you combine those three things, your cognitive skills, how you integrate the different intelligences, and how you bring them together with your experiences to make the best decisions to get the best outcomes, now we get into a place with that definition in mind, the question of what kind of smart are you affirms how unique we all are. The combination of how you apply skills, intelligence, and wisdom creates your unique approach to life and work. So measuring cognitive skills gives you valuable information and insight so you can make better decisions. And I'll close with this. I've got a, a little phrase that I use a lot. Better data, better decisions. The more you can understand your capabilities, your skills, what levels those are right now, the more equipped you are to grow those and develop those in the way that you believe will be most helpful to you in your life and in your work. Thank you for joining us for this episode. 
If you have any questions about this week's episode, or maybe a suggestion for future episodes you'd like us to explore, please contact us through our website at eqfit.org. For more information and inspiration, connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube at EQFit.